This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. Hear Me is an interesting episode, and in the hours since I watched it, I've gone back and forth about how I feel about it. It's sort of hard to describe. I mean, well, for Who fans, it's essentially the God Complex meets the Satan Pit, but but not? Because that description simplifies what is essentially a pretty complex story. Like almost every story in the Chibnall era, the plot is Chibnall talking through the Doctor to discuss something he feels that we aren't talking enough about. The environment, technology, the environment, how we treat one another, the secret Time Lord in all of us, the environment, and Can You Hear Me is a discussion of the need for discussion. Mainly about fear, but also just the need to communicate with one another. And I thought that message, for the most part, was communicated pretty well, though I can't imagine it was particularly entertaining for children. The episode begins with the Doctor and the Companions separating so that they can keep in touch with their regular lives, and this is an aspect of Modern Who that I really appreciate, and I think RTD really set the bar very high. I don't need to recap, you've seen the episode, but it's nice to see the companions interact with someone other than the Doctor, because for me, they haven't really been fleshed out outside of their relationship with the Doctor. Sadly, after a season and a half, I couldn't tell you much about who they were as characters, except for what they look like and a quirk or two. For instance, Graham, he's the old one who misses his wife and likes snacks. Ryan is young and is sometimes confident, sometimes not, and is terrible at flirting. And Yaz... Yaz is definitely a character and will probably be doing something any minute now. See, that's what makes Praxius enjoyable for me. Well, certain parts of it anyway. The characters did stuff, though I can't say for certain that they acted naturally for the characters or if it was just what the script needed them to do. But Can You Hear Me does provide some very nice character moments. I just, I just wish we had gotten them last season. Instead of making me feel like I know these characters better now, this episode makes me feel like we're getting ready to say goodbye to them, particularly Ryan. While I could have done with one less finger separation animation on the part of Zelen, the animation in the beginning of the second act was a real treat. It felt mythical and folk ish and almost fairy ish It definitely felt out of place with the story, but it really was fun to watch. Now, as far as the threat goes, considering that we were dealing with beings on a godlike scale, it wrapped up pretty easily. And perhaps, perhaps, that was the point. Perhaps scriptwriters Chibnall and Charlene James were letting the viewers know that no matter how overwhelming things might seem, there's always something positive that can be done. And here we arrive at the third act and Chibnall's message. An examination of all things... Of therapy. The good that comes from having someone to talk to and knowing that they will listen to you. Now, I'm not going to lie, there is a lot to wade through in this episode, and having only seen it once, I can't say for certain that I've caught on to all of it. Some of it probably is not as good as I thought it was. Some of it's better than I thought it was. I'm going to have to give it a second watch. Yes, that's right. I'm going to watch a Doctor Who episode more than once. 
Unlike Orphan 55, where I felt the message was too in your face, I appreciated this one because I feel less helpless in this sort of situation. Now, I do what I can to help the environment, but I am only one person. There's only so much that I can do. But what I can do in these situations is listen. So here's my takeaway, and I hope it's yours. Be there for one another. There is a lot of fear out there. There is a lot to be afraid of. If you are feeling overwhelmed, find someone to talk to. Likewise, be that person for someone else. The doctor needs her fam to talk to, even when the fam is not actually there. She's still going to talk to them. I think it might have been a misstep to have the doctor be unable to answer Graham when he voiced his concerns about his cancer. I, I, I'm not 100% sure what was trying to be said there, but she was there to listen to him in her way. There's not a lot of situations where we can be better than the doctor, but maybe this is one of them. Be there for someone else. Listen to someone else. Let them know that it is okay to talk to you. Let them know that you can hear them. Hi, Phil here with a little look at Can You Hear Me? And uh, as you can probably tell, my voice is particularly croaky at the moment. So I hope by the end of this little review, you can certainly still hear me. So, another episode of Doc 2 has passed, and yet another social message to put across. And like those old BT adverts that used to be on the TED, I think it was back in the 90s, well, it's certainly good to talk. But I'll come on to that aspect of this week's episode a little bit later on. But first, Eternals, The Guardians, The Toymaker. Now, I don't know about you out there, but those were certainly names that I didn't expect to hear again in this particular iteration of Doctor Who. And while it's nice for long-term fans like me to hear those names again, it wouldn't mean too much to newer viewers, for argument's sake. But that's always been the beauty of Doctor Who. You can research the 50, or nearly pushing on 60 years' worth of history, if you so wish, or you just take it as the throwaway line, which it probably was meant to be. It's only obsessive fans like me who get hung up on these sort of things. And while it was nice to reminisce about Enlightenment, it did bring back bad memories of Lee John overacting his way through the story as the least threatening pirate or Eternal you could possibly imagine. But the Eternals in this particular story did have a certain more creepy air, particularly Zelin, who just seemed to uh, appear in your nightmares and also in the real world as well. But uh, rather than sailing around in old ships in space, this time, well, he just gave you a wet willy. And while the effect, well, certainly the first time you saw that effect, was certainly very, very creepy and very effective, come the end, though, where I saw it for the umpteenth time, well, it just lost its impact. I mean, he's an eternal. Surely have a few more tricks up his sleeve to extract bad nightmares from people's minds? Oh, well, maybe not. Now, while it was nice to get actually out into outer space and off Earth for the first time this series, it wasn't really what this particular story was about. And I think therein lies the problem. 
I sat down and watched this with my seven-year-old son, and I was actually hoping to try and get him to contribute to this little review, but he didn't feel he could say anything because he thought it was a little bit boring. And I think this is my difficulty with this particular series of Doctor Who, and also the previous series as well. While the remit of the BBC is to educate and entertain, I think sometimes, well, they seem to forget the entertain bit, particularly for, a, well, a seven-year-old child. For example, the nightmare scenes for each of the characters should have been, well, one of the most entertaining or thrilling parts of this particular story. But no, they were barely mentioned. Tossed away in one scene each, and while I did give all the uh, companions a, a little bit of long overdue background to their characters, well really, this is why I think this particular story could have done with a little bit more time. Maybe a, well, a second episode, it should have been a two-parter perhaps? It could have been more about the Doctor trying to rescue her companions from the uh, the threat of their own nightmares. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Now we had to get back to this week's on-the-nose message. And that was, as I said at the beginning, well, it's good to talk. And talk they certainly did in this episode. It was particularly, well, not very action-packed, which I think is one of the reasons why my son found it particularly boring. And they also go over the last 10 minutes of the episode to each of the characters addressing their issues or helping their friends address their issues. And while it's an important message to get across to people that no matter how bad you feel, there's always someone out there who's willing to listen to you. Is this what a seven-year-old wants to see from Doctor Who? Well, I would argue, no, it isn't. And this leads me on to a little confession of my own. I too have suffered from mental health issues and, to be honest, I still continue to do so. So having someone to talk to is extremely important. But sometimes you need a diversion from that. You need something to take your mind off it. And this is why I watch programs like Doctor Who. It's escapist fun. And that's what I want back in Doctor Who. I want it to be more escapist fun again. Of late, it hasn't been. The social messages, well, yes, Doctor Who's always been there with social messages, but it's been done through the plot. Rather than quickly wrapping up the sci-fi element of the plot, as this week's episode certainly did with the Doctor waving her sonic screwdriver around like a magic wand, just so they can quickly get back to whatever message they're trying to get across that week, sometimes in a very, very ham-fisted way. But, putting all this to one side, did I enjoy this episode of Doctor Who? Well, in a funny way, I kind of did. The Eternals, especially Zelim, was particularly creepy, especially the little musical sting that seemed to accompany him when he appeared in someone's room. The visuals were nice, I liked the little bit of animation that was included as well, something a little bit different. But I don't want to be reminded of real world issues every single week. No, sometimes it's good just to switch off for 45 to 50 minutes once a week and just get lost in the ventures with the Doctor in the TARDIS, going off to distant planets and different times. So, Mr Chipnell, can you hear me? So, first the obvious. I thought it was a really creepy atmosphere, an intriguing tale that kept you guessing and wondering. A really fantastic enemy in Zelen, who I thought was brilliantly acted and really, really creepy. The thing with the fingers. And, you know, I love it when Who has those really surprising and weird, horrifying moments that you just know are going to stick in your mind. The obvious ones like the angels from Blink, or the Are You My Mummy gas mask, or the robot parrot from Pirate Planet. 
And I deliberately mentioned that last one, because sometimes as adults, we can look at some of these things and think, that's a bit strange, who's ever going to be scared of that? But as a small child, the robot parrot was nightmare fuel for me and kept me awake for days. And I'm sure that there's children out there right now who can't sleep for fear that someone's going to come and stick their fingers in their ears. So that was all great. Um, I didn't even mind the contrivance of separating the Doctor away from the companions. Although you do have to ask, why do they feel they need to keep separating the Doctor from the companions? Maybe there's too many of them. But anyway, the story went along at a decent pace. We got to a nice sci-fi resolution. And yes, okay, some of the themes have been done before of people's nightmares being taken and coming to life. And these these are some familiar tropes, but I don't mind that. I, I don't mind a little bit of reuse in my Doctor Who. I didn't even mind the ending where the Doctor basically weighed the Sonic and made it all go away. Because the Doctor's done that many times through the years in all of their incarnations. And that's fine. It was well done. It was well put together. I suppose the bit that I'm going to talk about, and I'm afraid we keep finding ourselves talking about this series, is the messaging. This week it was mental health. And I clocked fairly early on in the episode that it was going to be about mental health. Uh, the reference the doctor made to Islamic doctors and how they were early proponents of treating mental health and then Ryan's friend when he was saying he was struggling a little bit and kind of turning to his friend for some help I thought okay so the message of the week is mental health and you know what that's fine it's it's, it's a, a current topic and you know what all drama talks about current topics I mean not just Doctor Who every drama talks about things that are relevant and happening in the world that it is made within there's nothing wrong with that and actually, I thought an awful lot of what they did this week was well done. It certainly wasn't the 2 by 4 round the head that we had with Orphan 55 or Praxius. I thought it was actually a reasonably well done thing. It was kind of in the background there. Yes, it was mentioned. Yes, I picked it up. But I thought it was subtle. There was some nuance there. And it was well acted. And it was woven in nicely into the story. Uh, it wasn't shouted in your face with a monologue or a story. And then we got to the end, and then having Sonic away the bads, we transitioned into Ryan's friend in a counselling session with some other men talking about some of his fears and anxieties, and then had a little bit of humour in there, and you know what? I thought that was really nice. Yeah, okay, I can see that they're telling me a message, but I don't mind, because it's nicely acted. I'm being shown it rather than being told it, so I can draw my own conclusions. And there was a bit of humour in there, and it's altogether a nicely put together scene, and I thought, yeah, I don't mind that. That's how I like to have my message. And then that scene came to the end. And, oh no, we're not landing yet. We're going to go all round. And we're going to have another go at it. But this time with Yaz. And the extended remix of Yaz's past life. Which again, I wasn't so keen on that one. It was reasonably well put together. I didn't find it quite as engaging as Ryan's friend's story. But, okay, we get to the end of that one. And, okay, we're coming in for a landing again. And, oh no. We're going to go around again, and this time it's going to be Graham's story. And now we're going to labour the point again with Graham's story about his anxieties and his issues and how he wants to talk to someone. And you know what? I agree with Michelle and James. Beautifully acted, lovely scene. I actually also really liked the way the Doctor had the socially awkward moment, because in the quite frequent messaging you see these days about people with mental health issues, the message is always, go and talk to someone. If you're feeling this way, Go and talk to someone. But you see precious little messaging about what if you are the someone that someone is talking to? How should you respond? What if you feel awkward? What if you don't know what to say? And I thought it was great for the doctor to be put in that position of being 
a bit socially awkward, not quite knowing what to say. And you know what? That's okay. And I thought, that's actually a great and empowering message to get out there off the back of this and it's a slightly novel message to put out. All good stuff. But the trouble was, by the time we got there, this is the third run rounds of the, by the way, in case you missed it, here's the message. And I was getting frustrated from a position of actually really liking the story towards the end of the counselling piece with Ryan's friend. By now, several minutes later, I'm getting fed up with the message again and it didn't need to happen. Every individual part was well put together, well told. This time, instead of hitting us round the head with a bit of two by four, they just poked us in the ribs. What my teenagers sometimes choose to do to me, they poke you in the ribs and they keep poking and poking and poking until you go, stop it! I get it already! Please, why do you have to do this? And I think this is going to be one of the, the, the major talking points of this season in, in re- retrospect, is the clumsy way that they've been inserting these messages into these stories. And it's such a shame, because they've clearly got talented writers and creators on the show. I thought each of those individual scenes was very nicely put together. It was just, really guys, you've got the message, stop it and move on. And in fact, by putting so much airtime into this, you're turning the A plot from being the sci-fi creepy horror story into the mental health piece. And then the actual meat and potatoes of what is Doctor Who becomes the B plot. That doesn't feel right. I don't know. It's such a shame because they're so close. I thought this one was the closest I've seen this season to actually getting the messaging in in a subtle and nuanced way that landed nicely. And if they'd just stopped at one of those resolutions, I think it would have been fine. It was the the going around and going around and going around. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, you were so close. You so nearly had me. And then you lost it by just going too far. So... Unfortunately, again, I I find myself coming out of an episode with kind of a mixed feeling. I really want to like it. There was so much to like there, but they just lost it in the last five minutes for me. And the endings are so important. If you have a bad ending to a story, it kind of tends to taint all the rest of it. Anyway, those are my thoughts, and onward to Frankenstein. Morning. 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 Thanks. Off for a weekend in the smoke. Shame I had to start with a phone bill. The trouble with phone bills is you only ever see the cost, you forget about the value. But you take just one call on that bill. He was watching the football while his wife, according to him, was chit-chatting to her mate down the road. Now he said... She only lives two minutes away. Why do you have to talk to her on the phone? And she said... Because she needs cheering up now, that's why. So what happened? My first date since the divorce. I was in such a state, I was 20 minutes late. Oh, well, that's a good start. Was he mad? I don't know. He didn't wait. Oh, Jan. More often than not, what men call chatter really does matter. It's about being a friend, having the time to listen. And you know what? It's what makes the world go round. While those two are in town, guess who's looking after their kids? That's right, a friend. It's good to talk.